We are so blessed today to have from Paducah, Kentucky, like I said, a friend for a long time, 20-something years. Uh, I can tell you all kinds of stories, and I really need to tell you a story because he always tells one on me. But I think I might use the same story that he uses on me on him to reverse it. Because when we were both at Church of Harvest some years ago, um, he came on staff as assistant pastor, and I think it was his first pastorate. And, uh, you know, I told him too, I said, and by the way, that includes property management. <laughs> and I kind of saved that one for the last meeting, okay, you know. And uh, he likes to tell it this way. He said, oh, it's no big deal, just uh, you need a screwdriver or hammer occasionally. <laughs> and uh, I, I may have said that because I know he's pretty accurate on that. I probably just passed those words on. And then I said, okay, you're on staff now. We're building a gym. You're in charge. <laughs> so that's when the gym was built. Uh, but he, he just shined like everything. We knew he had a calling on his life. We knew the anointing of God was with him, and he was called to be a pastor and he's done such a great job. Went to Paducah and t took a church there. It was existing. And they, you know, they had an old, decrepit building. Is it okay for me to say that? Okay. I think the ceiling in the auditorium was about this high. You know, the, you, a couple of guys over here, you, 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 would, you would have your head scraped. <laughs> and uh, took it. And it was a good church. But uh, he brought a lot of things to it and worked through until they're in this really, really, really nice building. Um, that they built from scratch and out there on the highway and plenty of room and so forth and so on. They really gave me honor when I spoke there the last time in the pulpit. I told them, I said, I've had a lot of places roll out the carpet for me, but you guys rolled out the asphalt. And that was <laughs> like it was for me, you know. <laughs> that, I remember that going in and they just <laughs> kind of built it in steps and uh, they've got a great thing going on. So uh, we're blessed today. Give a great big Oklahoma City welcome to Dr. Chris Cody from World Harvest Church. Blessings. Praise God. Is it okay if I bring this down there? All right. You want to help me or somebody help me? Brother David? See, I brought my help with me. Thank you, Brother David. No, this is good. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's good in a, in a very real sense to be home. And uh, this is where I got my start. And uh, I remember during the years of Youth America that uh, I was tasked, you know, Pastor would lay hands on uh, every, virtually every youth in the building, sometimes 800, 900 uh, He'll, he would personally lay hands on each one of them on the Thursday night service of that youth camp to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then it was my job, they would all pour into here, they that said they received, and it was my job to make sure that they didn't leave this room until they had spoken with other tongues. And so, you know, out of that, I have discovered that I have a special anointing along that line to help people receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And anyway, I, I've just, uh, I, I've always been kind of a, uh, a one girl guy, a, a one, one town guy. Uh, I, I just find what I like and I just stay with it. And uh, I, uh, I will be forever grateful 
to the folks here and to Pastor Dan who put up with me, (laughs) pouring into me, developing me, and all these years since then, answering my phone calls, coming to minister in our church, helping me with questions that I had. And uh, listen, some of the richest and most wonderful blessings in your life will only come if you stick with it. You know, if this is your fifth church in six years, you're really off. My spiritual father used to call them church tramps. I won't be that harsh. But, you know, if you just go from church to church to church so often, no pastor in the city will want you because you've tramped around. I know that's kind of hard, but he said that. I didn't say it. I'm just quoting him. It's not those who visit occasionally that flourish. It's those who are planted in the house of God that flourish. Yeah. And uh, so it's what an honor it is for, for me to get to, to get to come home and to get to minister. Amen. God's got something for us today. Amen. How many of you have been in a service with me? I think this is my third year to get to minister here. Okay. How many of you, this is your first time to check me out? Okay. Well, let me just help you folks. You like me. You like me. So just relax. You like me and I like you. Right. And uh, don't be put off by my tie. It's just me, right? I don't sleep in a tie, but other than that, you know, I kind of wear one. So uh, anyway, well, let's pray and then we're going to get into some things this morning. Father, you have ordained this. You have seen this moment in time from before the foundation of the world. In every service, I know, Father, every service, you have a plan. You have something you want to accomplish, And we should all have needs met. We should be imparted to. We should be further renewed and taught and equipped. And we should walk away with something in every service. Now, Father God, I believe I've done my part this morning to prepare myself. But I know, I have learned that you um, being able to take this service to the highest flow that you've ordained and seen is not just up to me. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. And so, Father, I thank you that these precious ones, they are anointed for their part this morning. They're not just physically present, but they're mentally present. They're emotionally present. They're spiritually present. Uh, They're attentive. They're hooking on with you and with me. And they're going to find a place to respond because if they'll respond better, they'll receive better. And so, Father, if, if... If I do my part and you help me do that, and if they do their part and you're helping them do that, we know you're going to do your part and your plan will be accomplished and we'll all be blessed and we'll leave this place thrilled that we got to be here. We thank you for it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. You could turn in your Bibles to first, I'm going to throw you, I'm going to try brother Brad to be, I'm not real good at being scripted. (laughs) Uh, my ministry's really changed a lot, and I am, I'm in sort of a, a season of transition. I'm still the pastor of my church, but I'm sort of in a, a, a transition more toward a traveling in a field ministry. And uh, so anyway, because I've got my family coming up, and they're, they're really annoying. They're kind of pushing me out the door, really, is what's going on. And uh, so um, we will get to that first scripture uh, Brother Brad, but I, I'd like to go first to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there. And um, you know the deal, if you've been here with me, you know the deal that I make. 
that uh, you give me good response and I won't be boring. You give me good response and I won't go preach the baguettes for an hour. Amen. Now I'm sure there's revelation in the baguettes, but you know, most people don't like it when I preach the baguettes. And so what does that mean, pastor? You need a good response or it helps you. Well, you find a good spot to shout amen. Say amen. You know, there's no Catholic nun back there with a ruler about to hit you if you shout amen too loud. And I don't know what direction we run in this room. In my church, we run this away. Is that how we do it? Okay, you find a good place to run, just go for it. We'll get out of your way. But I tell you, if you'll respond, it'll keep you engaged. It'll open up your heart and it'll be able for me and the Holy Ghost to get in you what we need to get in you this morning. And it'll help me. I'll do better. So if you, if you got to fake it, just fake it till you make it. Let's begin in verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to talk about the plan of God today. The plan of God. And uh, if you need a title, the title is going to be Contending for Fullness. Now, why would I say that? Well, because fullness is God's plan. I'm going to show you that in the Word. And, um, you know, we, we, live in a, we live in a different day, don't we? We live in a different day. I was telling Pastor Dan that, you know, we live in the Antichrist world right now. You know, things are not falling apart. They're falling into place. I mean, virtually every sign talked about in the Older New Testaments is happening in intensity all at once right now. I mean, we got the earthquakes. We got the rumors of wars and wars. We've got pestilences. We've got famines in different places. We've got signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars. We've got foxes running around on the Temple Mount. We have uh, red heifers uh, in Israel just waiting. We got all the instruments for a rebuilt temple, the priesthood, everything. I mean, the king is coming back. And we are on the last leg of this race. But I tell you what, on, a, on another side, it's, it, so it's exciting. But I, have, I don't think I have ever encountered a season where I have encountered on a more consistent basis a more beat up, wearied, discouraged, downtrodden Christian. You know, Christians are just walking around, most of them walking around like this and they just talk about what the devil did to them all week and how hard it is and how bad it is and how weary they are and how on the brink of quitting they are and that's a sad state now now no condemnation i've been low before but you know if we ever get low in life it's not the will of god that is not we're talking about the plan of god that's not the plan of god amen you know jesus on the earth he faced more opposition I mean, than you and I could ever dream or imagine facing. And he never got low. He never went to one city and they said, how you doing? Jesus said, oh my God, I'm so glad to be here. I just barely made it out of there. Yeah. So let's look at this in verse one. It says, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers, talking about their, you know, referring back to the uh, Hebrews, how that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they did all eat the same spiritual meat. All ate the same. You know, we all have the same Bible. Do you see that? Yeah. We're all walking under the same clouds. We're walking on the same dirt. We're all dealing with the same things. There's nothing new under the sun. The devil doesn't have any new tricks. He's just playing the same playbook on you over and over and over again. Amen. We all have the same spiritual food to eat. 
Then verse four talks about drink. And we did all drink the same spiritual drink. You know, we all have the same Holy Ghost. You, I don't have a bigger Holy Ghost than you have. Amen. I don't have a mightier God because I'm, I'm in the ministry than you are. I've got the same sword. I've got the same helmet. I've got the same, amen, breastplate of righteousness. I've got the same shield of faith. Come on, we got the same blood, the same word, the same, right? We all have angels. What am I saying? Why are you beat up? Anyway. Well, maybe we're just, and we're all in different stages of our spiritual development. I understand that, right? Amen. But today's the day for us to take for, step forward. So they all drank of that same spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, notice this, verse 5 is where I was going to. This is what I want us to see. But with many of them, many of them, God was not well pleased. I don't know about you. You can lift your eyes off that scripture. Don't read ahead. I, I want God to be pleased with me. You know, I had all that Hollywood stuff when I first started out in ministry. Ooh, I'm going to be the next whoever. I'm going to have big ministry. People are going to know my name. You know, you walk with God for very long. You be in the ministry very long. God burns all that out of you. And I trust he's burned all of that Hollywood ambition out of me. I'll just tell you honestly what I'm living for. What I get up every day, what drives me, what am I living for? I am living to do what I need to do so that someday very soon Jesus can look at me and I can look at him and I can hear him say, well done, well done. He won't say perfectly done because I blew that already, but I'm hoping he'll still be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I promise if, you know, just showing up in heaven doesn't guarantee that you're going to hear him say that. If you didn't do well, he's not going to say, well done. He's not a liar. And a lot of people are going to say, he's going to say, come on in. And you'll be glad he said that. I'm just, I'm living for more than that. But I want him to be pleased with me. Anybody share that sentiment? I want Jesus, whatever I do, however I live, the husband I am, the dad I am, uh, the minister I am, the believer I am, the citizen I am, the man I am. I want him to be pleased with me. Raise your hand if that's your heart this morning. Come on, that's your heart. Praise God. Well, let's look at why God was not pleased with many of them. He was not pleased with, he was not well pleased with them because they were overthrown. They were overthrown. In the Greek, this word is kastrophe. It's where we get the word catas, uh, catastrophe. Thank you. Amen. And God considers it a catastrophe in his children's life if they're overthrown. If you're overthrown by a demonic attack, he's not happy with you. He wants to help you, but he is not happy that we, he considers it a catastrophe when we're sick. A catastrophe when we can't pay our bills. A catastrophe when a marriage, a Christian marriage fails. When we fail to enter into the will of God for our lives and progress and be fruitful and glorify the Father and accomplish the specific wonderful will that God has for each one of us, God considers these things not inevitable results of living in a world where Satan is God, little g. No, he considers it a catastrophe because he provided more. He provided for you and for me 
It's a good place for you to respond. Amen. Everything and more that we would need to live an overcoming, victorious, conquering, fruit-filled life on this earth. And so maybe if God does nothing more for you today than straighten your bent over back and make you sit up a little straighter, good. Amen. Glory to God. If you don't, many of you, you know a little something about who you are in Christ. Amen. Act like you know that you're seated with him in heavenly places. Looking down far above. You're far above the Bible. Not just Jesus, you. Don't make me go there in Ephesians. You are, you and I are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter two, looking down, they are far above. See, if you will deal with the devil from that perspective, you're not eye to eye in the ring contending with demons. You are seated in Christ as a joint heir with Christ, looking down on vanquished, defeated foes. I'm not trying to get healed. I am healed. He might try to take it from me. I'm just not going to let him do it. I'm not trying to get prosperous. I was made prosperous the moment I got born again. The devil may try to take that from me, but I'm just not going to let him do it. I'm not trying to win victory. I'm just enforcing the victory Jesus already won. (laughs) Glory. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think we're too easy on ourselves, And then, you know, when we're feeling blue and we've gone through things, we tend to gather to people who have also been beat up. And we have beat up conversations. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. You know, it's like Brother Hagin used to say, you know, that this woman in church, she mis- misplaced her praise. She was given testimony and she said, oh, yeah, the devil's been after me all the week. Bless his holy name. <laughs> listen I'm not trying to minimize the things that we go through but many of the things we go through we don't go through them the right way they're harder than they ought to be we stay in tests and trials longer than we have to believers are stuck in a certain spot when we should be going from faith to faith victory to victory glory to glory you know if 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 since I was here last year there's not measurable measurable visible progress in your spiritual life and in every area of your life, then you've missed something in the last year. You shouldn't be stagnant. Well, I'm just doing good. I'm just treading water. Where in the Bible are we called to tread water? Okay. Maybe you're wondering, I'm going to prove it to you anyway. So people, God doesn't just pet. He loves us. You know, he loves us and he's merciful and he's compassionate. And we have a high priest who's already been touched with all the feel. He's not an unfeeling God. At the same time, God, I've never known God to pet me. Oh, sweetie. I'll I'll tell another Church of the Harvest story from years ago. It was uh, Y2K. We were in 1999 and we're going into the year 2000. And Pastor Kirk wanted to have a New Year's Eve extravaganza. And he wanted to do it up. I don't know. He wanted elephants and camels and clowns and confetti bombs. And he wanted a big party. Only problem with that from a facility perspective is that it happened to land on a Saturday night. New Year's Eve was on Saturday night. What's after Saturday night? 
Sunday morning. What happens around here on Sunday morning? Church. So he said, we're going to have confetti bombs. We're going to have this. We're going to have this. They're going to be popcorn everywhere. Uh, we're going to have helium balloons. You know, he just thought big. That's just, he just thought big. And, and I'm sitting there at the field facilities director going, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And he's, he said everything we're going to do, and he's going to do it in the main auditorium. He's going to change everything about everything. And he looked at me at the end of the meeting and said, by the way, there needs to be no evidence that this happened. We've got to be ready for church on Sunday morning. I said, I said, we, pa, Pastor, I, I can't do it. You just didn't tell him that. You just did not tell him that. You didn't tell Pastor Dan that. And they just, they just both looked at me and said, you could do it. Use your volunteers, you know, all the volunteers, you know, the volunteers who partied all night. I was literally in those rafters with no cable, no harness, leaping from rafter to rafter with a knife or scissors, popping balloons. But here's the thing, long story short, we did it. We did it. And I came in, I mean, I came in to the office for my weekly meeting with Pastor Dan the next week. I'm ready to get my raise. I'm ready to get the pat on the back. I'm ready to hear it. And I sat down and across, and across the desk, he literally, he looked at me and goes, well, yeah, you did a good job. Just don't rest on your laurels. And we were on to the week's business. I thought, man, you're, you're hard, Pastor Dan. You're hard. What's my point? See, God's not always into petting. Oh, honey, yeah, you all oh, this. No, you got the job done. We knew you could get the job done. That's what we pay you to do. Now let's go on. And there's, there's part of, part of God is kind of in that. He kind of liked that a little bit. What am I trying to get over to you? Don't be okay. Perpetually struggling. All this, I'm down for the struggle. Why? Why are you down with the struggle? Where in the Bible are we called to struggle? Called to struggle. I'm down for the struggle. I'm not down for the struggle. Where am I? I am again seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen. Sure, we sure we have tests. Sure, we have trials. Sure, we have things that we go through. Amen. But see, if the First Corinthians thirteen tells us, or it's ten thirteen right here in this chapter, that if we're in it, we're supposed to win it because God would not allow us to enter and face any test, any trial that He didn't know that we already had the stuff to bear up under it, and in it He makes a way of escape. Amen. So this is the way I say it: If you're in it, win it. If you're in a battle with sickness and disease, just win it. Amen. If you're in a battle for paid bills or uh, demonic attacks or Satan's opposing you and progressing in the plan of God, just win. That's what you're called to do. Win. Thank you, Miss Carol. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go over to Ephesians chapter three. Let's go over there to Ephesians chapter three. Well, how can we live not beat up how, can, how is it that we live? Because it's not going to happen just because you've got your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, honey. And really, the more you 
start doing something for God, the more attacked you're going to be. The devil's not going to let you conquer. He's just not going to let you rise like cream to the top unopposed. He's not going to let you just enjoy that sweet marriage with no strife. Now, you should have no strife, but he's going he's to try to give you opportunity to get hurt and offended and selfish and mad and pout. Okay. All right. You know, I've been a few places on the earth. I've been to Israel. I've been to India. I've been to Mexico a lot. I've been a lot of places in the United States. You know what I found? People are people. I may not know you. You may not know me, but I know people are people. You've got flesh on your bones. I kind of know what we go through. I want us to have a victorious mentality. We are more than conquerors. Amen. More than conquerors. We're not conquerors. We're more than conquerors. But there's a way that we're going to have to live. We're going to have to tap in to God's plan. We're going to have to walk in the light of his word if we can actually really live, amen, this victorious overcoming life that God wants us to live. And you can't do that in your own strength. And there's the, rip, there's the rub for most people. They're trying to live their Christian life in the natural. Trying to live their Christian life after the flesh. They're trying to be strong. You know the Bible never said anything about you being strong? Never. It said be strong in the Lord. Not strong in yourself. Most people are trying to live out their Christianity in their minds. Trying to figure everything out. Yeah, got any figure outers in here? And sometimes you, you walk around, I can see the smoke coming out because you're, you're that, that, uh, God did give you a mind and it needs to be renewed and it's a wonderful thing. Amen. But that's not where the power is. That's not where the victory is. Glory to God. So let's look at God's plan. I want us to see from the word some things this morning about God's plan. We doing okay? It says I've been preaching 16 minutes on the back wall. That's, that's pretty good, okay? Because we're, we're finally at the meat of where I want to go. So here in Ephesians chapter 3, of course you know this, that Paul is writing by the unction of the Spirit and he begins to write down what he has been praying for this group of Christians. And let's pick it up in verse 14. I'll read most of it in the King James for time's sake, but I'm going to shift over to the Amplified Classic uh, in just a little bit. So it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? To be strengthened. Come on, to be strengthened. God has something for us to keep us from being weak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's my Paducah people? I, I, I brought you spending money. You're supposed to, I'm supposed to hear you saying amen. Amen. It's a long walk back to Paducah. Long walk. Amen. Hallelujah. Notice this, Paul is praying, I'm praying that you'll be strengthened, amen, with might, with might. There's a lot there, with might. This is by his spirit in your innermost being, amen? It's good to be strong physically, good to be strong mentally. But in these days, come on, you can't just be strong physically and strong mentally. You're going to have to have might, God's might, 
ministered to your inward man. That's a reference to your spirit. Hallelujah. Glory. And that's what he's praying. That Christ, the result would be that Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing might dwell. You just don't get a little goosebump at church once every six months. No, the anointed one may dwell, make his very home in your heart by faith, and that you being rooted, see? Rooted. Glory to God. See, I've been, God's enabled me, I've been rooted in my marriage. I've been rooted as a dad. I've been rooted in the ministry God's called me to. Amen? Praise God. But it's because it's not because I'm anything. It is because I've discovered something. I was taught something. And I'm doing my level best to walk in the light of what I'm teaching you. Amen? None of us have any advantages over the other. Glory. And so it goes on and says that you're rooted and grounded. What an attribute for last day's Christians. You know, a pastor needs believers in his church that are rooted. Rooted. Grounded. Amen. That when Pastor Dan calls a prayer meeting, he knows he won't be there by himself. Amen. As the ministry grows and there needs to be more people, not just come and receive, but come and serve. Step into helps ministry. That there's people here that are rooted and they're grounded. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You're not going to get there overnight, but you can get there. And then it says, if you'll receive this might, receive this ministry from the Holy Ghost into your inward man. One of the things he says, you're going to be able to comprehend. That means you're going to get it. You're going to understand. You're going to be able to comprehend what with all the saints, with all the rest of us, what I've come to comprehend, God wants you to be able to comprehend. He wants you to be what the width and the length and the depth, and the height. I say it this way, the deeper things of God. Amen? You're not going to be able to live the kind of life I've been describing, living a shallow, immature, CC Christian life. What is a CC Christian life? Casual and carnal. Amen? Casual and carnal Christians are beat up, overcome by their circumstances, overthrown by the uh, life and by the attacks of the enemy. Right? Always in the prayer line. Always needing counseling. You know, counseling has its place. But I can't, as a pastor, I can't counsel my sheep into strength. You have to receive strength into your inward man from God. Amen. Uh, Again, because time will go. The, the, what is the plan of God? Fullness. If you ask me, Pastor Chris, I know you're nobody. You're just a little nobody from Paducah. But what do you think the plan of God is? What is God up to today? What is he trying to bring? What is he trying to do in the body of Christ? Easy. One word. Fullness. Fullness. Amen. He wants us individually to be full of his word, full of love, full of light, full of revelation, full of the fruits of the spirit, full of the gifts of the spirit, full of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Amen. Oh yeah. And if you're living your Christian life less than full, you're living less than what God offers. And it is a reason why there's failure, weakness, discouragement, and defeat in your life. 
You know the Bible's a book of themes, right? One of the themes of the Bible is God gave blessing and dominion. Man lost blessing and dominion. God redeemed and brought back, right? It's just a theme throughout the Bible. One of the themes of the New Testament is full, fullness, being filled. Any of you read the book of Acts? Just take a light survey of the book of Acts. Put into your search engine the word filled, full, and and see how many miracles, how many devils were cast out, how many sermons were preached that brought thousands into the kingdom. And before it says, like Peter, it says, and Peter stood up full of the Holy Ghost. And then he spoke. No one should get up here behind this that's not full, full. You're not fit for the pulpit if you don't come full. But as a Christian, you're not fit to be a wife if you're not full. You're not fit to be the kind of husband you're supposed to be if you're not living full. Oh, I'm preaching good. I don't know about you, but I about preached myself happy already. Amen. Notice that Jesus did not begin his earthly ministry until he was filled. Until he was baptized with the Holy Ghost and endued with power from on high. We don't have any record that he preached one sermon. Worked one miracle. And then the first thing that happened in Jesus' life after he got up out of the river Jordan, having the Holy Ghost descend upon him, ended up, he was empowered by the Spirit, is it says that he, he being full, Luke 4, Luke 4, 1, he being full of the Spirit was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. See, to navigate these difficult, troubled waters in these last days, it's going to require not that you're just intelligent, but that you know how to be led. By the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. You're not going to make it if you don't know how to hear the voice of God. I don't care how many PhDs you have. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. If you don't know how to hear from God, you're, you're in dangerous, dangerous you're in a dangerous place. But see, we're, we're all equipped to hear from God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they won't follow. I have not attained the little bit that I have attained in my life and in my ministry apart from being led by the Spirit. You want to know how I got here? I'll tell you how I got here. You know, I, I, my story really starts drunken suicidal at a college frat party. And God invaded that moment and he, he, he met me in his mercy and he, he, he stopped me from killing myself. And then he invited me to a life with him. Well, when I left that place, I, I, the only church I knew of was my childhood church that my dad took us to every other weekend when he had custody of us, a wonderful, wonderful denominational church in downtown Oklahoma city. And so that's where I started going and I was faithful and I was just going, I learned all I can, but there, there was a day that came. And, uh, you know, in this particular, it was a Methodist church. I'll just tell you that it was wonderful, wonderful. But you know, as a Methodist, you, you do calisthenics as a Methodist, you know, you sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. Okay. Sit down, stand up, say the apostles creed, sit down, just stand up, sing hymn number 35. Well, I was sitting in this, this church had a balcony, had a balcony. And even if you were sitting in the balcony, the, this beautiful sanctuary, the ceiling was way up high. So what I'm about to tell you happened to me this day. There's no way it was a physical thing. When the pastor said, stand up to do whatever, say the Apostles' Creed, when I stood up, I hit my head. I went like that. 
I felt it physically. I hit my head on an invisible glass ceiling and the word of the Lord came to me and said, if you want all I have for you, you're going to have to let me lead you on from here. Not because that place was bad, but it was not because even what I was hearing so much as what I was not hearing. I feel for people, not because of where they go to church, not because of what they're hearing sometimes, but what they're not hearing. And I said, well, God, I already promised you, I want all that you have for me. God led me here. In the mid-90s, when there was at least three services going on in this little room. And I sat in the services here, and I listened to my pastor, dumbfounded. Like just a deer in the headlights for two years. Sitting there at Brother Kelly going, where, where has this been all my life? It's where I first was, heard the word of faith and the authority of the believer and who I was in Christ and that gifts of the spirit were for us today and that the devil was defeated and how to use the name of Jesus. Oh, come on. Woo! Well, see, I progressed. What was key in that? I heard God say. I heard God say. It was not long after that that I was baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. You want to know why? Because that was God's plan. That was God's plan. It was critical for me and it's critical for all of his children once they are born again to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and to speak with other tongues. Come on and get endued like Jesus and get endued with power from on high like the early disciples. Amen. Amen. And then the day came where, yes, an opportunity came for me to become a pastor and move to Paducah, but I wasn't led by the opportunity. I prayed and I heard from God. Amen. And everything that has come after, the places I've been, the people that have been healed, the books that have been written, the souls that have been saved, the places that I've gone, the people that I've met have all come because I progressed. How did I progress? By being led. Listen, the fuller you are, the easier it is for you to hear God and to not be led astray. And not be deceived. And I'm not, I don't have a horn to toot. You understand that, right? But all I can tell about is me. I have been enabled in my life by God's grace to keep progressing. And I'm in a season now where I'm just, I don't know how all of this is going to unfold for me. But I'm just, I know what he's saying in my spirit. See, some people, Christians, they don't even believe that you can hear from God. How did that get to three minutes? I love that. Now it says I've been preaching three minutes and 23 seconds. This is great, Pastor Dan. <laughs> Somebody back there likes my preaching. Anyway, okay. Uh, I know what time it is. So it says, notice this, that if we'll receive this might from the Spirit, one of the things going to happen to us is that we're going to comprehend the width, the length, the depth. And you cannot just live on the surface of Christianity and understand the deeper things of God. So many of my friends and my loved ones that were in that church at the time, I don't know what God said to them or didn't say to them, but I know they stayed. They stayed for 10, 12, 15 more years. They all had surgeries. They all had tragedies. They all had problems. All of these things that I did not have because I kept progressing 
Are you willing to keep progressing? You know, some people come to church and say, well, I never heard that. Well, maybe that's why God brought you here, honey. Maybe that's why God brought you here so that Pastor Dan could teach you something that you don't know. It's only people that have a I know it all already attitude that won't go to a place. They won't follow God to a place where they're going to hear something new. Now, I know there's some wild stuff out there, too. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about it's in the word. But you weren't taught that. Amen. Oh, and I'm still haven't even got to the verse I'm trying to get to. Verse 19 says, and to know. That's the Greek word genosko, and it means to know by experience. To know for yourself. It's not a head knowledge. It's not something you were taught in a Bible lesson. But because you're receiving ministry from the Holy Ghost, a strength that keeps you going, one of the benefits is you are going to experience for yourself the love of Christ, the love of the anointed one that passes knowledge passes mere intellectual understanding. Hallelujah. But here we are. It culminates right here in the 19th verse. And that you what? Audrey, what? That you might be what? Filled. Uh, Ryan, do you see that? That you might be what? Filled. What is God's plan? Hey, brother right there in the black shirt, what does it say? That you might be filled. What does your translation say? That's okay. Okay. I find out who's paying attention, who's not. And he was. Hallelujah. That you might be. It's in the word. That's his plan. It's his plan for Baptists. It's his plan for Presbyterians. It's his plan. I don't care what stripe you are. It's in the word. God's plan for every believer is that you might be filled with all of the what? Oh my gosh, comprehend that. I'll have to stop and let Pastor Dan explain it to us. Filled with what? Filled with the very fullness of... That just blew me out. That just blew me out. The God that made Jupiter. The God who orchestrates all of the sun and the stars and the orbits, who's upholding all things created by the word of his power. We can be filled with all of his fullness. How could you be down? How could you be sad? How could you be mad? How could you be broke? How could you be oppressed? How could you live with the devil on your back? Come on. If you were living filled with all of the fullness of God. Oh, Jesus. Come thank you. Praise God. Amen. Listen. You thought that was good. Listen to it from the Amplified Translation. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all of your being. See, it's going to start in your spirit, but it's going to spill over into your body. It's going gonna, it's gonna to splash over on your mind. It's going to minister to your emotions. Who Glory. See, when I start feeling beat up and when I start feeling low and when I start feeling that dark cloud trying to move over my head, you know what I do? I go do what the, and I haven't got there yet in this teaching, but I go do the things that are prescribed and instructed in the New Testament to fill me back up. And one of those is praying in the spirit. And, and I may feel, I mean, if you're really beat up, you're like, oh my God, I stumble. 
but I cannot pray and yield myself to the helper, to the paraclete, to the comforter, to the counselor, to the strengthener, to the standby, to the one Jesus sent to be Jesus to me until I'm with Jesus, the Holy Ghost. I can't be with him and yield to him and pray in that heavenly language and stay gloomy and down and pessimistic and negative and critical and defeated. And so if you're living negative, critical, downtrodden, defeated, you're not praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to hook back up to the hose, honey. And get yourself a fresh dip in the Holy Ghost. Ha ha ha. I'm not going to preach past the anointing. I may just laugh and fall on the floor and get drunk as a skunk on the spirit. I was meditating on this today. Said, hmm. So that the standard, just to give you the bottom punchline of this message is it's all about living full, getting full, staying full. That, that, that's what it is. Now this applies to us individually, but God wants our family and our children full. What, what would a, you'd have heaven on your, heaven, heaven on earth. If your wife got up full, you know, here's your coffee, honey. I've been with, I've been with Jesus this morning. Woo. What can I do for you? And the husband was like that. And then the kids are full, full of the word, full of the spirit. You got heaven in your house. And you're living, you're living at the pinnacle, see, of work. And, and it's easy for God to get things to you. It's easy for God to get things through you. Wigglesworth said this. I read this last night. He said, he said, Pastor Dan, he said, it's better to live ready than get ready. One of the, re- the reasons why you see such dramatic miracles in out-of-the-way places with Wigglesworth, like sitting on train cars and just, just, just sitting there by himself, minding his own business, and dignified people, businessmen, everybody in the car with him falls down on their knees in the train car, crying out to God, crawling up to him, overcome by the conviction of the Holy Spirit, to him saying, Sir, you convict me of my sin. When was the last time... You were on the bus or you were at the water fountain or in the break room at work and people fell down around you saying, ma'am, you convict me of my sin. Well, listen, it wasn't just because Wigglesworth was special. He was a plumber who fell in love with Jesus and decided to live full. Well, he's just an especially called. Well, there's no doubt some very special things that God did through him. But listen, he was an illiterate plumber who fell in love with Jesus and lived his life full. And he said, you know, because I, I never go 15 minutes without praying. And I never, go, I never go very long without my reading my Bible. God always keeps me ready. And when I see a sick person on the street, I'm ready. I don't have to go get ready. I am ready. So it's, it's, it's the plan of God for you individually. Start right there. You want to change your church? You want to see greater things happen in your church? Stop coming to church with a flat tire. Stop making Pastor Dan Mr. Jiffy Lube in your life. I I came in beat up all by the devil all week. I got a flat tire this morning, Pastor. I'm just hoping that you can air up my tire. Well, we're happy to do it as ministers. We're happy to do it. But how much higher would it be if you came in with four full tires? You've been praying in the spirit, worshiping God, reading the Bible on your face. You've been conquering all week. And now you're ready to hook on with your pastor and believe God and see the glory fall. Why in the glory falling? Because everybody's got flat tires. 
Is that what you wanted me to say, Pastor Dan? Did I say that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here we are again in that 19th verse, right? That you may be, now we're reading from the Amplified, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of his divine presence and become a body holy, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y, and that means completely filled and flooded with God himself. Now see, that needs to be you individually, but right there in the Amplified, he's bringing out the corporate application. What is God doing today? What is he trying to do in the churches? Bring us to fullness. For years I heard leading prophets say that in this last day revival, you're going to see all of the five-fold ministry offices minister at their full potential. Jesus said to Brother Hagin, you've never seen in the church age, you've never yet seen a shepherd, a pastor, minister in the fullness of that pastor's office, but you will. See, so see, I hear these things and I see this stuff in the word. I'm contending. I'm not okay living my life half full, three quarters full, empty. See, God is limited in what he can do through you and for you if you live less than full. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Now it's negative seven. That just means I'm over. Okay. I need to stop looking at that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, there have been some times where at least some groups in the body of Christ attained a level of fullness that brought things into manifestation that you just read about. But I'm tired of reading about what happened at Azusa. But they said, I wasn't there, uh, but they said at Azusa, Brother Kelly, that Brother Seymour would come down with a wooden milk crate on his head. And he would sit there as the choir, the praise team, or in the congregation worshiped and worshiped and worshiped and praised and worshiped and worshiped. And it was just a thing of humility for him. And he would not take that milk crate off his head until the glory fell. I'm talking about a glory they, that you can read about it in books. It's a historical fact that the little kids, they didn't have children's ministry. The little kids would run around and play hide and seek in that glory. And see, it was in that atmosphere that eyes grew in eye sockets in the service while everybody watched, that arms grew out. There was such an expectation that if you were in a wheelchair and you were coming to the door that the greeters would unlock your belt, unflip the thing, and many times the kids would have them up out of their wheelchairs before the service started. And do you know that history tells us that there was never more than 75 to 80 people in any one service? It doesn't take a million people in Oklahoma City to have a move of God. We can have one right here. But you can't have it empty. And you can't have it, have it just coming to church looking to see what Pastor Chris is going to do this morning. Well, you'll see what I can do. Amen. I can't do anything except with God. Hallelujah. So you're, go to Ephesians 5 and I'll, 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 let's put the landing gear out on the sermon. 
Amen. That gives people encouragement. You know, you're always encouraged when you've been on a long flight, when the captain comes on and says, we've begun our final descent. That doesn't mean you're on the ground yet, but you're encouraged, right? So hallelujah. Ephesians chapter five. You know, even if you just lived in this little but powerful book of Ephesians and looked for language about being filled, it's, it's so evident. So Jesus didn't begin his ministry, right? And the first thing he faced in his ministry was a demonic assault like you and I would never experience in the wilderness. But it says he met that moment full. And you know, when he came out 40 days and 40 nights later, he didn't come out going, oh God, I'm going to take a week's vacation. That was so hard. Man, that was so rough. I'm going to take a sabbatical and, and then we'll start preaching. No, it says he went in full and it says he came out in the power of the spirit. We give the devil too much credit. Jesus is Lord. Satan is defeated. He is loose. Just learn to use your authority. Learn to keep the door shut. You know, if I had a full water bottle, it'd be very difficult to, to get anything in it. Why? It's full. If you'll live full, it'd be hard for the devil to get depression in you. It'll be hard for him to get negativity in you. Doubt, unbelief, fear. Why? Because you're too, you don't have any room. You're full. You're full. You know, if you're not full this morning, if it's all right with the minister here, I'd like to lay hands on anyone that wants me to for a fresh anointing. You say, well, pastor, I, I was filled with the spirit back 1991. Yeah, maybe for 30 minutes. And then you've been living empty since then. You know how the church started? You read about in the book of Acts, but Jesus said, don't you, don't boys, boys, listen to me. He said, wait, I know you're excited. You just saw me. I'm resurrected. This is really cool. Don't go preach. He, what did he say? He said, wait, wait for what? Come on, wait for what? Wait to get saved? They're already saved. They're looking at the resurrected Lord. He that believes that God raised his son from the dead shall be saved. Amen. He already breathed on them in that upper room. They received the Holy Ghost in their spirit, being born again. So what's the upper room about? You're in the family. You got the jersey. You're born again, but you don't have the power. There is power from the Holy Ghost living in you, but to be endued with power from on high is a different deal. So he said, wait. So notice how the church really began. It began with an infilling. He said, we can't, you, can't, you can't start this thing empty. You have to start it full. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. Now, was, was that it? Just two chapters later, in the third chapter, Peter and John are used of Jesus to raise up the crippled man at the gate. Beautiful. Remember that? And then for that, the, the guys put him in prison for that and interrogated him for that. Well, in response to that, they didn't hold a political rally. That's fine to do, but they went and prayed. Oh, there's a novel idea. And as they prayed, do you know what it says? You could read it in Acts chapter four. In Acts chapter four, it says, and they were all filled. What do you mean they were filled? I thought they were filled in Acts chapter 2. They were. But you know, since Acts chapter 2, they gave out. See, you, maybe you were filled with the Holy Ghost at one point. But you've been leaky. You know, I have to fill the chicken's water every day. I have to fill the chicken. I have to fill the, the dog bowl every day. And they'll let you know. Right? 
Amen. Your spiritual life will let you know when you're empty. Here's another thing. I'll tell you this because I'm trying to help you. When you come to church empty, everybody knows it. Just know. I know everybody knows it because of the way you look. Because of the way you don't praise. Because of the way you don't have joy. Everybody knows you. And, and, and don't, don't, don't go with Christian t-shirts and trinkets and stickers on your car to your office and be a grouch. Don't, don't, come on. I'll pull, if you're, you got my, my ministry stuff on your car, no, I'll pull that off. Don't, you don't represent. You go to work, you need to represent. Ha, we got joy. Come on, wait. Yeah. Woo. Well, I don't feel like it. We'll walk by faith. A lot of days I don't feel like it. All right, Ephesians chapter 5. I am trying to quit. But you just take a quick tour, just a quick tour. How did, how did Saul, he got saved, but God didn't use him? He started preaching immediately, but only after he sent Ananias. And Ananias was sent, what? Immediately that he might be filled with the Spirit. Philip, the evangelist, he goes in Acts chapter 8. He goes to Samaria, preaches Christ. It says they received Christ. What's the first thing he did? What's the first thing he did? He sent for Peter and John to come down, what? That they might be filled, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Why? Because as of yet, they had not spoken with other tongues. They had not been filled with the Spirit. So notice that's the first thing. You know, when I got saved as a, uh, out of that frat party and I got born again, got turned around, even though they didn't teach it. In fact, they taught against it at my church about being filled with the Spirit. I went down. I went down and the associate pastor then that I went down in this Friday night service. He is in this city, maybe the biggest, I don't know, I'll just leave that alone. But it had an altar bench. We were all down there on a Friday night. And he said, well, son, what have you come? What could I pray for you about? And he said, and I looked up at him and I said, I've come that I might receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues. <laughs> I wish you could have been there. He went, um, uh, uh, you know, in his saintly robe. Uh, uh, I tell you what, I tell you what. I'll call you this week. I'll call you this week. You come to my office. We'll talk about it. And I left. I went. I had to walk all the way back to my seat like that. It's been 25, 26, 27 years. He still hadn't called me. But here's the thing. See, the Holy Ghost is the Holy Ghost. And the plan of God is the plan of God. It doesn't matter what denomination you're hanging around. Once you get born again, he wants you to be filled so life-changing. Well, I just wouldn't let it go. I went to see the Christmas lights at Rainbow Bible Church with my girlfriend. I married her later, Miss Amber. And my wife's got an elbow ministry. And when Pastor Hagen Jr. gave an invitation to be saved, rededicate your life, or be filled with the Spirit, she elbowed me out the aisle. And I went down and I was gloriously filled with the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, my life, it makes all the difference. I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. Amen. I know there's different ideas and different things out there. It's, it's sadly controversial. But listen, just read your Bible. That's all I did. I had no teacher. The teacher I had didn't want to talk to me about it. I, 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 they did everything they could to discourage me. But I just kept seeing it in the Word. Seeing it in the Word. Seeing it in the Word. In Acts chapter 19, Paul goes, he goes to Ephesus, to this group. And it says he found certain disciples. Amen. What's the first thing he asked them? You'd have to go read it. He said, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? 
They said, we don't even know if there is a Holy Ghost. And he explained it to them, led them into that. Amen. Laid his hands on them. Do you see, if you read the book of Acts, you'll see the priority, the pattern of God is get saved and get filled with the Spirit. That's, that's the biblical pattern. And when people say no, or when a church says we don't want none of that Holy Ghost stuff, well, he's not going to force himself on you. But then that same group of people are calling out to God, why won't you help me? Why won't you help me? Life is so hard. Why won't you help me? But when you say no to the helper, he's called the helper, but you said you didn't want the Holy Ghost stuff. Or you see how tragic that is? People are, they're not thinking right. They're not believing right. They won't help. They don't know why God won't help them. They don't understand why this Christian life is so hard. But way back then, God tried to lead them into an empowerment. Amen. To an experience and to a prayer language where you could charge your own battery. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, what builds himself up, charges himself up. Why do people get low? They don't plug. If I don't plug in my phone, what happens? And so when you, when you take time to just pray in other tongues, come on, while you're driving, get take that honky-tonk off your car and, 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 just, and just yield to the Spirit. Yeah. See if it doesn't make a difference in your life. Ephesians 5, and I'm going to close right here. Ha, 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 Brother David, it may just be you and me today that drink. <laughs> Say, Pastor Chris, you can't, you can't leave without telling me how to get full. He said, be full, be full, be full. How do you get full? Well, you know, yesterday I was hungry. But before it was over, man, I was full. How did I go from hungry? I'm like, hangry. To full. Don't, I can't eat another bite. How, can you guess how I did it? I kept eating. What's that? No, no, I didn't fast and pray. I just kept cutting a bite of that chicken fried steak and sticking it in my mouth. You see, we said, but I tried that and I did that once and I'm not full. I didn't eat one bite. I, I didn't eat one bite. I wasn't full after one bite. Amen. But you go, hmm. Philippians 4.19, I like that. Mm, how about a little Luke 6.38, giving and shout, oh yeah. Right? And you, just, and you just keep feeding, feeding on the word. He, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was so very rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty you and I might be, mm, that's good, I'll eat some more of that. Mm, but I'm not full yet. How come I don't feel full? Hadn't eaten enough. So how do I get full? Keep eating. Well, isn't the word of God called bread? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, right? So just keep eating. Well, isn't the Holy Ghost likened unto water? That he's, we're born of the spirit and out from within our spirit comes a spring. And then when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it becomes a river. That's water. Well, how do you get full of the spirit? You keep drinking. Now, when I did drink alcohol, 
No one had to know, no one had to ask me when I was full. Right? Don't add, don't look at me that holy voice. I know, I know you, you know somebody who got drunk on alcohol. Well, how, how did I, I didn't get drunk on alcohol my first beer. And you know, the longer I drank, the more tolerance I had. So to get to that place, I had to drink more. And so I just knew how, how many, how do I get there? Just keep drinking it until you'll know. Everybody will know. Everybody will know. So how do you get full of the spirit? Keep drinking. And when you get full, your pastor's going to know, your wife's going to know, your kids are going to know. People start looking at you strange. That's how you know you're living this. See, the way you're looking at me, that's how I know I'm preaching good. All right, let's close with this verse. I'm trying to get to this. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Look at this in verse... um, I was in the wrong... I'm half drunk up here. Verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake you that sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now notice this. See then that you walk circumspectly. Anybody use the word circumspectly yet this morning? Probably not. It means walk with purpose. Walk accurately. Amen? That's what it means. Walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Well, how does a a Christian that's living purposefully and carefully and accurately and precisely live? Well, number one, it says redeeming the time. We don't just waste time. We are redeeming the time because we know the days are evil. And if they were evil then, they're more evil now. And then it goes on and says, wherefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It is not wise to not know God's will. It's a lie of the devil that tells you, oh, you can't know God's will. You just never know what God's going to do. That's a lie from the pit. Oh, eye hath seen, ear hath heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared, and people put that on the refrigerator and they say, oh, see, you never know what God's going to do. All you got to do is read one more verse. Just one more verse. How about one more verse? The next verse says, but they have been revealed to us by his spirit. So see, you can know what your eye doesn't see. You can know what your ear has not heard. You can know what is yet to enter in your heart if you live full of the Spirit. If you cooperate with the Holy Ghost. If you don't say, I don't want none of that Holy Ghost stuff. I just want to go to a dignified church. Well, they don't know how undignified they are. They don't know how undisrespectful they are. So we're learning. It says, don't be wise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. He's going to tell us, don't be drunk, Chris, with wine. Okay. All right. Well, I got that conquered for about 30 years. Wherein is excess, but notice this. We're learning. What is the will of God? What do wise people do? What is smart? The Amplified says, intelligent people. Sensible Christians. What do they do? It says, be filled with the Spirit. 
in the Greek, you know this, right? Pastor Dan could prove this out later. That in the Greek, it literally is a play on words. It says, be being filled. You want to know what the plan? I'm showing you what the plan of God is for your life. How to live a victorious, overcoming, conquering, a life protected from all those things I've been telling, those negative things. It says, be being filled. When you leave here, you know what to do now. I am to, as I'm living my life, to be being filled. If, if I applied that to the chicken water, what would, what would I have to do? To be, be, be being filling the chicken water. How would that look? I'd have to just leave the hose on. Right? It didn't say fill it once a week. It said be being filled with the Spirit on Sunday morning for half an hour. No. Be being filled with the Spirit every day, all the time. And that's what wise, sensible, intelligent Christians do. It is the will and the plan of God that you and I live a life being filled. Drawing constantly on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Dave, if you come and take this away, and I'm going to let you all stand to your feet, been good listeners, let you change your position. Praise God. The first thing that I want to do before we go home is uh, if you have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're born again. Maybe you've been water baptized, member of the church a long time, but if, and I know this is a spirit-filled church, I saw on the YouTube channel that you've been being taught about tongues this year. But if there's someone here today and you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost, like I said earlier, I do have a special anointing along that line to help you receive him. That wonder, So you just come to the front, unashamed, hurriedly come to the front and let me lay hands on you. Praise God. You don't have to have hands laid on you to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, they didn't in Acts chapter 2 and they didn't in Acts chapter 10. But they did in Acts chapter 8 and they did in Acts chapter 19. Hallelujah. So if I came back and interrogated you, you're going to tell me that you talk in tongues. Hallelujah. You talk in the you talk, tongue talker? No, okay. See, that's okay. It's a gift and yeah, I'm not going to make you receive a gift. That's what I have to, but I'm just kind of getting a lay of the land. Ha, ha, ha. One of the things you may say, well, you know what? I, I was taught different about this, Pastor Chris. Out there on my table, I wrote a little book called What Does It Mean to Be Spirit-Filled? Because as a Methodist, I had all those questions, you know. And, uh, the, you know, the Bible will answer all your questions. Praise God. Well, how about this? Is there anyone here today that would say, you know what, Pastor Chris? I'd take, I'd take a fresh anointing. I could use a fresh touch from God. And if that's you, you could just come to the front and I just simply lay my hands on you. And we'll just believe God. God's, David said, he shall anoint me with fresh oil. Oil is a type of the spirit. Thank you, brother. Praise God. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you're, when you're coming up here, you're saying I'm empty and beat up. I, you're not saying that. But you say, I just want a fresh anointing. <laughs> Woo, glory. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're just going to give you a moment, but everywhere, those that are in the, in the altar here, standing back, if you are, praise God. Let's drink a minute. 
Let's drink a minute. Amen. Let's charge our battery for a moment. What do I mean by that? You just lift up your voice and pray in other tongues. You know, the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, he's in you. And with, even without having hands laid on you, up from within will bubble up within your spirit utterances. Uh, these awkward, funny little sounds like you're hearing. Uh, praise God. And if you were to actually give voice to that, that's all, that's all there is. By faith, you open your mouth. Ha ha. Mastolomo. Come on, let's drink a little. Ha. Let's draw. Let's draw. Come on, let's fill up a little bit. Lombo solomo. Ah, dabashti. Kama. Ha ha. Olapa. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ha le mestia. Manda bahange. Oshtamana. Oh, dabasi. Dabanganda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jude said, beloved, building yourselves up. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> See, you're getting stronger. <laughs> you're flushing negative things out of your soul, out of your life. See, you know, if... Uh, it would take you a little while if you're, you know, the law, if I, if I go to the gas station and I'm on E, I'm going to stand there longer to get full than if I was three quarters full. <laughs> but see, I'll try to live full and I could just, <laughs> thank you, Father. So give, give, give my brother a fresh anointing right now in the name of Jesus. Ah, Father God, thank you for refreshing your people today. There it goes. There, watch her, watch her. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Just raise your hands, brother. Hallelujah. Ishtabanga. Shoo. Praise God. <laughs> Refreshing. Landi shtipakaya. Oh, shtapapane. Oh, dabahate. And strength, strength, strength. <laughs> For the next leg of the race. Aha. Oh, saha. Yeah, you're, you're making a turn even this morning in the plan of God. And now you're going to run. You've been running the race, but now you're turning. You're making a, you're on a new leg of the race. <laughs> and here's strength, strength in the inner man in the name of Jesus. Oh, ha. refresh, fresh anointing. Ha, ha. Woo, praise God. Fire. Ha, ha. Woo. Ha, ha. Glory to God. Oh, ha, ha. Woo. yeah, yeah. You know, when you got a good fire burning, you throw some gas on it, you know, praise God. Just gets going real bright, real hot, real fast. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, sh refreshing in the name of Jesus. Freshing, refreshing. God, I thank you for blessing these, anointing them with fresh oil. Be blessed, brother. <laughs> oh, my, my. Woo, ha, ha. Woo. You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> God's about to break out on you with blessing. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. Sister, be blessed in the name of Jesus. Receive a fresh anointing, a fresh touch from God in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Sister, you be blessed. Woo, yeah. Oh, you're in the right place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, I don't know this by the Spirit. Your husband told me recently married. Got a new, new day, new season. Ha, living full. Ha, ha, God's got great things, great things. So just keep learning, keep growing, keep pressing. Ha, ha, and you'll break into some realms, into some places 
oh, into some flows, glory to God, that are beyond what you've dreamed or imagined. Whoo, you'll be glad you went there. So, Father, if there's, if, if there's been anything heavy, if there's been anything hard, if there's been anything coming against her, Father, I break the power of that right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that she's leaving here full, haha, full, 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 full of glory, full of joy, full of faith, full of hope, full of the Spirit. Lengo solo boste. And you don't have to, but you could if you want to. Haha, just yield, yield, yield your voice to those utterances. Haha, stama. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, look at you. Praise God. That's wonderful. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. my, my, my. Ha ha ha. Devil lost a battle. You won a victory. Ha ha ha. Life will be different from you, sister, going forward. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, that little book, I'd like to give it to you for free. And anything and everything on my book table, you just take it. It's a gift. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for a new and fresh anointing. <laughs> Whoo, my. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. How about a laugh? Could you give me a laugh? A good belly laugh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you think about the things that are maybe difficult, the things that are hard, and just laugh. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I think you could do better than that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, right there. Ha, 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 ha. Whoa. You know, the Bible says that at destruction and calamity, you shall laugh. See, laughter can be an expression of your faith. And the devil doesn't like to be laughed at. And when you're standing there in the face of battles and circumstances and and needs and you laugh, you laugh because you know the word, you laugh because you know you won, you read the end of the book, (laughs) you know the devil's defeated, (laughs) ha, yeah, there you go, (laughs) ha, 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 and you just start laughing, (laughs) ha, 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 whoo, glory. There's something wonderful that bubbles up, something that changes on the inside, whoo, a fresh anointing, yeah, yeah. You know, Brother Hagin would say, if you don't learn to laugh when you feel like crying, you're never going to make it. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're ready for a fresh anointing? Yeah. There it is. Praise God in the name of Jesus. (laughs) A new anointing. A new anointing. What is that, Father? Something new. Something being imparted. Some equipment. Some spiritual gift. Ah, you'll have to talk to God, I think, yeah, find out what, yeah, go home yeah. and say, now, God, what was that? What did yes. you impart to me? Yes. He'll talk to you about it. But something yes. added, something imparted yes. to further you in this next season, yes. ha, to make you a greater whew, blessing ha, yes. in Jesus name. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. How about you, dear one? Do you, you're born again? Love Jesus. Yeah. Have you, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? You ever spoken with other tongues before? Would you like to? Amen. Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit, he came to live in you at the new birth. And so when I lay my hands on you up from within your spirit are going to bubble up. And when it gets up into your throat area, you're going to know what that would sound like if you spoke it. At that point, you just take your lips, your voice, your vocal cords, and you speak it out. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, the flow of speaking in tongues is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But the greater thing, the real ultimate purpose in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is power. Jesus said in Acts 1, 8, and you shall receive power 
After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. So just raise your hands. Praise God. We're all believing. Father, you said that no one that asked Jesus, asked the Father for the Holy Ghost, will be given anything, anyone other than the Holy Ghost. And she has come to receive. So Jesus, you're the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. And in your name, I thank you for baptizing your daughter right now. Oh, the Holy Ghost and power coming upon her. Glory to, it's okay, that's just the anointing. <laughs> Glory to God. And now rising up on the inside comes that prayer language. And now just open up your mouth and speak it out. It's all right. Yeah, that's it right there. Oh, just go ahead and speak that out. That's it right there. That's <laughs> Yeah, God's good, isn't he? Woo, praise God. Ha, oh, maste, moka, lendish, tembe, oh, kamandesh, tamando. And now, now you've come into a new, a new and brighter and better day. You've taken a step forward in the plan of God. And now things are going to accelerate for you in a supernatural way. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Just a little while from now, you're going to look back and pinch yourself and say, wow, is this my life? Could it be this wonderful? And then you'll have to tell yourself, no, God told me I hadn't seen anything yet. Uh So we thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, you too, you get anything off my book table you want. Amen. But be sure you get that little blue one. That's just power. That's him. Hallelujah. You know, we don't walk by feelings, but isn't it good when we do feel? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Glory, glory, glory. The most dramatic, life-changing, altering event in my life from the new birth was when I was filled with the Spirit. You know, God was already dealing with me about friends he wanted me to get rid of, things I was doing like drinking, smoking, going places. And they, maybe I was struggling with some of those things. But after I was filled with the Spirit, I just, bang, bang, it was just over. What, you want to? Because I had power I didn't have before. You're leaving here with power you didn't have before. So I'm excited for you. Amen. What's your name? Celeste. Beautiful name. Amen. I wish I could be a fly on the wall and just follow you around for a while because it's going to be good. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Something precious about you. My, my eye has been drawn to you as I've preached. You're so loved of the Father. You are not in anything and into any degree. Nothing about you. Nothing about who he made you to be. Nothing about your call is less than. And there's nothing that's happened that has disqualified you from the future that God has for you. And so just embrace. Just embrace with reckless abandon Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit of God. And I'm not saying that you haven't. I'm just speaking out of my heart. I don't know you. But contend. Contend with all your might for all that is written and all that would be birthed in your heart as you spend time with God. Because I believe he wants to talk to you privately about 
the, the wonderful things that are just out ahead of you, but that won't happen automatically. You're going to have to be skillful. You'll have to make good decisions. You'll have to be led by him. And so, but for now, yeah, even now, and for this moment and this day and this time, a fresh anointing from God the Father. Oh, we're not an empty cistern. We're a full reservoir. We're vessels. And he's pouring in and filling our vessel. <laughs> oh, and I, I, there's something, something, something that's dogged your tracks. I take authority over that in the name of Jesus, that which has hindered you, that which has bothered you. I, I break the assignment of that right now. It's broken in Jesus' name. And I loose him, Father, into a new place, a new degree of liberty <laughs> and freedom. And now I, I say that you'll stand fast. Stand fast in the freedom in which God has made you free. And don't become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Praise God. Love you, brother. Hallelujah. Mom, just be whew, sh- fresh anointing. <laughs> whew, my, my. Sh- fresh strength. Uh-huh. Fresh strength. Fresh anointing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. A newness. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing that feels old. Nothing that feels boring or stale. Oh, uh, yeah. But a, but a sharpening of the spear. Uh-huh. Yeah. And a renewing and an adding. Yeah. An adding. There is, there is an adding, an addition to some things. Moshtapana. <laughs> and an enhancing of that which has already been operative in your life. Uh-huh. Yende. Oh-ho. And then there's something in the physical, something in the physical to be healed, to be blessed, to be strengthened. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, even that which would come against the mind. <laughs> oh, 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 of no fault of your own. It's just a mean devil. Ah, uh, yeah. But that, 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 that is no more. <laughs> that is no more. Ha <laughs> ha. So a fresh anointing. Whoo, my, my, my. Shoo, shoo. Whoa. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, faith. Whoo. Fresh anointing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nothing heavy. Don't let anything be heavy. Nothing about the future. No, 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 no. Nothing heavy. Nothing about the, the decisions that must be made and the plans that must be made. No, your only, your only, your only task is to hear. Huh. That's it. Just be here. Just hear. Just hear. Follow your heart. Continue to follow your heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, it'll all unfold. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, just, just laugh your way through every season. <laughs> Enjoy it to the full. <laughs> Woo, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pastor Dan, is it okay? I feel like I had something to minister to you. Is that all right? Well, I'm coming back. Anybody, I'm not done, but I just, I just felt like now was the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could I have your hand, sir? Shh. Shh. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Be strengthened with might in the inward man. Ha <laughs> ha. And a freshness and a newness. Ha ha. And all that you give, all that you give out, all that you give out in the pulpit. Oh, but you give out more behind the scenes in the secret place. Uh, you give far more there and nobody sees. But here, even now, uh, God is restoring and restocking yes and he's refilling all of those reservoirs all of those mm, yeah all that you give out oh yeah yeah filled restored and replenished father i thank you for strength and spirit 
and in soul and in body. Yes, a strength in finances in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Anybody that wants to be got that I hadn't got yet. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. You ready? Whoo. There it is. My, my, my. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy has done his best. Working strategy after strategy to derail, mm-hmm, to hinder the plan of God for your children. Ah, uh, but it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, and God's going to have his way. God is going to have his way. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just continue to believe and to say, and this, Sister Carol, rejoice. Not an ounce of worry, not an ounce of anxiety, not a, not a care. When those, when those thoughts may come about those kids, you just say, all my children, they are taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace and the tranquility of my children. I trained them in the way that they should go. And God's going to perform his word. They're not going to depart from what they know. <laughs> and the plan of God shall go. And the plan of God shall prevail. And in the end, you'll laugh and rejoice because it'll be the way it ought to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so if that fits, just take it. And if it doesn't, just throw it away. Hallelujah. Mastapana. Hamam. Mastake de bestekina. Shun de bestekaya. Woo, mamaha. Mehe. Come on, you guys, get happy out there. Ha, maha. It's a good day. It's a good day, Mom. It's a good day. Today's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> Ooh, my, my, my. Mo added strength. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, what is that? Year, years being added. Years. Years of living. Life worth living. He satisfies us with long life. And, but we, I don't want to just live long days. I want to live life that's worth living. Life that's worth living. So there's coming to you now life, but it'll be life worth living. You'll have, <laughs> yeah, you'll have the mind to do it, the health to do it, the strength to do it, the will to do it. And I say, you'll have the finances to do it. <laughs> And the latter days shall be greater than the former days. And when you do get satisfied, just keep using your faith. Should the Lord tarry his coming, you just step over into glory. You just say, I'm ready, Lord, I'm ready. And anyone around you, you'll just say, there's Jesus, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Isn't that better than going struggling and on morphine and tubes? No. No, you just say, there's Jesus, goodbye. Hallelujah. You know, Dr. Dufresne, my spiritual father, for more than, well, about 10 years, he would say, be careful who you follow. Because your ministry and your life will end up like who you follow. 
And so that's, that's why all these years God connected me to Brother Hagin's ministry. But I liked how he finished, Brother Kelly. Do you know how he finished? He said, if you ever hear I left, you just know I got satisfied. And I didn't, I didn't know this, Pastor Dan, until just, well, and David and in the Wayne City meeting, sitting around the table, some people that knew, that were there the day. They, they, not them, but they knew someone, were in fellowship with someone that was there the day that Brother Hagin went to heaven. I'm not saying you're about to go to heaven. I just prophesied to you that you're living on, so don't be nervous. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, they had heard Brother Hagin say for years, the day I go home to be with the Lord, I'm going to have strawberries for breakfast. Well, the night, he was at his home, and it was uh, his wife Aretha and him, and there was a believer uh, there that was close to them that was there in the home, and, they, and he said, be sure, the night before, he said, you be sure I have strawberries for breakfast tomorrow. And he had, uh, he had, he had breakfast, and he, he had his bowl of strawberries, and they said he winked at his wife and went like that. And that was it. They tried to keep his body alive, but he was, go- he was gone right then. He, he, he just, he did what we're supposed to do, to depart and be with Christ. Charles Capps, I understand, told his kids and grandkids, he said, I'm going to go home to be with the Lord tomorrow at noon. I'd like you to be here. <laughs> yeah. And they thought, well, we know he's a spiritual man, but he may be getting a little senile, but we'll humor him. And they were there. And he, he hugged everybody and said goodbye, said goodbye to all his grandkids, sat back in his recliner and says, there's Jesus, goodbye. You know, that's how Jacob went in the Bible. Had all his grandkids around, prophesied to him, pulled his knees and his covers up, left. And then you can read in the Psalms where David reads about that, King David, and he prays to God and he says, let me, give me the death of Jacob, let my death be like his. And you know how, you could read about how he left. He left the exact same way. I don't know how I got off on that. It's kind of a hobby of mine. It sounds weird, but believers need to be taught how to die. They need to be taught how to, how to go home. Go home be with the Lord. Amen. Now that's none of us for today or tomorrow or anybody else. But anyway, shh, be blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I think, I'm, I think I'm done. Well, let's just lift our hands as Pastor Dan comes. Father, thank you for what we've heard today. Thank you for what we've received. God, it's your will that we be full, full of the word and full of the spirit. And we just simply know that our assignment is to eat, 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 eat the word till we're full. And then drink, 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 drink of the Holy Ghost until we're full. And we know that life will be different for us. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Glory to God. I'm not going to re-preach what he preached. I don't like pastors that do that. But I want to put a little PS on here. He spoke the truth about the Holy Spirit. And he spoke quite a few things. And, And you know, there's a lot of things that some of you may or may not read ever on YouTube going around. One guy is a see the shining sea known pastor who doesn't believe in tongues. And there's another one that's trying to be the same way, I think. And they say, well, tongues is just a bunch of gibberish. 
And I posted on both of their accounts last week the Word of God. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, he speaks in the spirit, in the tongue, speaks in the spirit. And verses two and three say that when we speak in the spirit, we're, when we pray in the spirit, we're praying mysteries unto God. You're not going to understand it. No one will understand it except God. Now that's only one type of tongue. That's your prayer language. And your prayer language is so much more important, I think, than the other types are because it's what gets you filled along with reading the Word of God. But don't fall off of that other stuff. You know how I am? I, I try to get both sides of the deal. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 2 and 3, and I posted them on their websites, and I hope they read them because it's true that God has given us His Spirit to pray the perfect will of God through us, okay? And that's an opportunity we have when we don't even know what the perfect will is. We know his will, we don't know his perfect will. We're working on that. So be encouraged, be strong in what you believe, back it up with scripture, know that you believe in more to God, not because he said it, not because I say it, but because God said it. Amen? Okay, we got that done. Praise God. Luke 638. I'm going to do the Amplified today. Gift and give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will they pour into, and I like this part here, the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag. Somebody didn't get that. They will pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag. Some of you men are going, I don't know about that. but uh, For with the measure you deal out, with the measure you use when you confer benefits on others, it will be measured back unto you. Pennies get pennies, dollars get dollars, or whatever it is. I just want to encourage you this morning. You know, we did a couple of recent messages on giving. We'll do another one next week, I believe it is. And then the week after that, we're going to, I'll save it for you in just a minute. I will keep that. In, but we have three ways to easily give. There's a bucket back there that takes cash and checks. There's envelopes, there's pens. Makes it real easy for you. Give online. Our website, it's back behind me. Text. Get your text set up. It takes about 60 seconds. And once you do it, choo, choo, choo. You know, so it's real easy for you to give here. Take advantage. Let's bless our guest speaker. Let's make sure that we're thinking of him and the things that he has brought us. You can't pay enough money for the word of God. It's not for sale. If it was, we'd have to find a quadrillionaire because the billionaires can't afford it. And then that wouldn't be enough. Amen? You with me? So let's be sure that we, we take care of that too. Praise God. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. This Wednesday at 7, we're talking about what lies if you swallow. No, we're not going to change that. We're going to talk about where is your Bible?
Where is your Bible? And we're going to talk about how to read your Bible more proficiently. Okay? So be here Wednesday night, snacks at 645, the meeting at 7. We're meeting in the office area. We've got tables so you can sit down and write and everything else there. Um, and if we overflow that, we've got another room with tables in it, so no problem. It would do my heart good to see 25 or 30 people here on Wednesday nights. Glory to God. And I know Jesus would be in favor of it, so praise God for that. Where is your Bible? This will get into digging in some treasures that are waiting for you to be dug out. Next Sunday is going to be the 20th. It's going to be the HG special. HG stands for... Oh, y'all listen to me. They listen to you. And, and, well, what specifically is going to be? I don't know. Now, I'm talking about a teaching that's going to be released, but I don't know what it is. And one or two or three of you is going to tell me what it is. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. That's next Sunday, 10 o'clock. Yep. Dion, don't give it away. <laughs> she, she, she's been praying again. Uh, and then Wednesday week, that's about something like the 24th or something like that. Uh, we're going to prep for the next Sunday. And, you know, we've been doing a series on healing. And we've done quite a few of those. We're trying to do one a month. Well, this month, we're going to do something very special in that Sunday meeting. That's the last Sunday of the month. You hear a lot today in the news and with people talking about mental health issues. God heals our mental abilities, okay? And I'm not going way out over here denominationally with you when they think that's all God does. We believe God heals everything. Mm-hmm. Yep, I hadn't got to 100-fold healing return yet, have I? I'll do that one of these days yet. But it's important that we attach to what we can do to touch other people's lives. And when they have the healing issues, you know this if you've ever read the newspaper or the Internet or talked to anybody in the last year. There's mental illness everywhere. Some of it's mental, some of it's demonic, some of it's tied together. But... The church is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And you are a minister of reconciliation. You're an ambassador for him to bring forth the truth to people. And we want to equip you to be able to bring that forward. And the way that you do it is going through the equipping time that we do. Amen. So that's all coming forward. That's going to take us through the end of the month. And I think you'll find some really interesting things that'll equip you, that'll strengthen you, that'll put you in a new, maybe different light of it, dig you a little bit deep, deeper to get that golden nugget out of the ground. And Holy Spirit is going to be in charge. Okay? So let's do that. Praise God. Brother Kelly, would you come up, please? Actually, yeah, we're going to call that one Jesus to the rescue. 
that last one. Jesus to the rescue. Can you see Jesus rescuing people? He's got the Superman. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Isn't God good? Isn't his word great? Hallelujah. Amen. We just receive. Everyone say we receive. Hallelujah. Uh, I wanted to remind everyone that next Sunday we're going to have our barbecue. If you want to sign up to bring something, then it's over there on the back, as well as water baptism. If you're interested in being water baptized, sign up right over there and we'll have you water baptized on next Sunday. Everyone say next Sunday. Right, right. So if no one signs up, then it's not going to be there. Okay. So, and then the 25th, 26th, which is a Friday and a Saturday, the men are going to go to Remnant Church uh, in Midwest City. We're going to uh, find out how to even be better in, 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 uh, be better men for God. Amen. Amen. And then uh, volunteer sign up is also back there. And then uh, I also wanted to plug in with Dr. Cody. He's got several books that are available for you for purchase and and uh, don't forget the few of you who uh, he said free. Okay, so take advantage of that. All right, so uh, just to go back there and see what he has available. All, all of them are magnificent. Okay, filled with uh, God's power and and uh, uh, get you set and founded in the right way. Amen. Stand, please. We appreciate Dr. Cody coming long distance to be with us and his family. We, we just so we speak the blessing of the Lord upon them in the name of Jesus. I just lift up your hands. Father, we just thank you that everything that has taken place today, we receive it. We are fertile ground. And Father, we'll grow. And Father, there'll be great fruit that comes from it, Father. And we, as we go forth, Father, from this place into this next week, Father, we're going to be, Father God, ambassadors and uh, men and women of reconciliation. And so, Father, we just thank you that your gospel is going to be ministered through us, hallelujah, throughout this week. And we praise you for the results uh, in Jesus' mighty name. And if you're in agreement with it, say amen. Amen. Go and be blessed. Blessed.